Have you felt lonely? I mentioned it before, but I think that there is a difference between loneliness and solitude. The more I thought about it, the more I wanted to define what that difference is. And here is what I came up with. See, solitude is being alone but filled with purpose. Loneliness is being alone but unfulfilled without purpose. And I think this is helpful because as we are continuing this Game of Life series tonight, our teaching is on loneliness. So I want to start with one question. What do we do when we are lonely? Now I'm not talking about those Sunday afternoons where you're scrolling Instagram and there are people out doing fun things and you have fear of missing out loneliness. It's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about that deep and dark and soul-crushing loneliness where you look around and there is nothing and no one in sight. Has anyone been there? Yeah. There are probably some present that especially over the last 18 months or so with this COVID-19 experience have felt that loneliness creep up more than maybe they expected. Harvard Research did a study and found that 36% of polled young adults reported feeling lonely frequently or, quote, almost all of the time. And that was last December. A University of Miami survey found that of 1,008 people aged 18 to 35, 80% of these participants reported significant depressive symptoms during the pandemic. In three words, people feel alone. So what do we do if that is us? What do we do if it is I that feel alone? If it is you that feels alone? And if it's not us that feel alone, what do we do when it is the people close to us that feel alone? For answers to these questions tonight, I'd like to look at at two scriptures in tandem. The first is from 1 Samuel, and the second one is from the Psalms. And both of these are lifted out of the life of David. And every good story has a setup, and so here is ours. You see, King David, David, from the moment he slays Goliath, is seen as Israel's hero. See, the kingdom of Israel love David. But the problem is that David isn't king yet. Though he is anointed to be king, you can imagine then the jealousy of the current king, Saul. Scripture references a moment when David enters into the city and the people of the city cry out, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And Saul hears it. And can you even imagine that feeling? 
So just for fun, because I like stories, I decided to try and come up with a modern equivalent of this story. David is a summer intern at a software company. And one day, as he is pushing his mail cart through the office, he comes across a really complicated sales pitch. And it's not going well. And multiple salesmen have tried to crack this, but they can't. But David has some insight, and he closes the deal. Obviously, the company in Saul, who is the CEO of this company, is thrilled. But the CFO comes along and says, David, you did such a great job. You are CEO in waiting. You're going to take over for Saul. As David shows up for works the next day, the office chants. Saul has made us thousands, but David will make us hundreds of thousands. So we can see why this is a little bit awkward. Saul is angry. And this is the moment where our story turns. See, Saul's son Jonathan is David's best friend. And Jonathan comes to Saul and says, Hey, my dad is angry and he wants to kill you. Then Saul does it. Saul tries to kill David. This is where our passage begins. From 1 Samuel chapter 21, verse 10. That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David, the king of the land? He's not king yet. Isn't he the one they sing about in the dances? Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. And in the following chapter, 22, verse 1, So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. David's escape to this cave of Adullam is an important component for what follows because scholars believe that it is here in this cave and in this moment that David writes a song. His song is Psalm 142. And I'd like for you to take a moment and put yourself in David's shoes for a second. You are on the run. You are scared for your life. And you have no one and nothing. A song of David when he was in the cave, a prayer. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see. There is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge 
no one cares for my life. I think at times we can relate to David's deep, soul-crushing loneliness. As we decided, there are people in this room, there are people listening that might feel this way right now. And, but most of us aren't on the run for our lives. Some are. As we prayed earlier, my mind when I was writing this went to the people of Afghanistan. There are new refugees separated from their family and their friends on the run and they are alone. So I ask again, what do we do when we are lonely? Psychologists describe four major causes for deep loneliness. They're on the screen. Personal inadequacy, unfulfilling relationships, significant separations, and social marginality. So, in my own words, you can put up the next slide. Personal inadequacy. I am not enough, therefore I am alone. Unfulfilling relationships. They are not enough, therefore I am alone. Significant separations. We are apart, therefore I am alone. Social marginality. They are apart from me, therefore I am alone. I've referenced this book before, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. It's a psychotherapist's own experience as a Holocaust survivor of both Auschwitz and Dachau. And I, I bring it up right now because I can think of no lonelier experience than those victims of the Holocaust during their time at these concentration camps. And in his book, Franco writes of the close connection that he saw between the state of the mind and the immunity of the body. Meaning, our feelings have a profound effect on our actual physical health. And right now, people are sick with loneliness. What do we do when we are lonely? So 1 Samuel continues, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Agilom. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All of those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. See, as David wrote in his psalm, I cry aloud to the Lord, I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. And how does God respond? He sends friends. 400 of them. And he reminds David that his purpose is to lead them. 
Something I don't want to miss in this moment is it says all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him. So that is people of shared experience. People who are dealing with their own loneliness and their own soul-crushing situations. And that's who God sends. See, there are two things that snap David out of his loneliness. A friend and a cause. The scriptures write a lot about friendship. God clearly cares about his people being in deep relationship and knows of our need for connection. In Genesis 2.18, when God is creating humanity, Scripture tells us, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. In Ecclesiastes 4.10, King Solomon, who's actually David's son, so he would have heard some of these stories from his father. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. See, friendship is a gift. And friendship is powerful. Friendship is an antidote for when we feel alone. First, friendship with God. The God who created us, the God who knows us, and the God who knows our situation is a friend that Scripture says stays closer than any sibling ever could. Another one of David's psalms proclaims that God sets the lonely in families. And so as our friend and as our caretaker, the Lord then will also guide others into our lives to cultivate not only spiritual friendships, but deep earthly friendships too. And this is what happened to David. Alone in a cave, singing a song expressing a need for help from the deep and the dark brokenness of loneliness. God sends him friends. And I love that God doesn't send one friend or two friends. He sends 400 friends. 400 friends of like mind and like experience. See, I think that what this is teaching us is that overcoming loneliness will not happen in solitude. Solitude is good. But when we are feeling deep loneliness, what we need is for people to root for us, to cheer us on, and to stand next to us and pull us forward. But the cure for loneliness is not just being surrounded by friends. As I mentioned, we need a cause. And God gave David a cause. We need something and someone to live for. See, if we have friends but no cause, we lack meaning. 
if we have a cause but no friends, we lack relationship. It is this tandem of deep relationship and deep mission that provides a deeply meaningful life. Again, our text tells us all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. These 400 friends needed someone to lead them. And that was David's cause. See, in the name of survival, when David fled Saul, David also fled everything that he knew. He left behind not only his friends, but his reason for living. He left behind the people that he cared for most. I think that there is wisdom in philosopher Nietzsche's words, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how. He who has a why can bear almost any how. So yes, we need friends. But we also need a reason. I think what's interesting is, is often in our deepest and darkest loneliness, there are moments of clarity that remind us of our cause. In those deep, in those dark, in those scary moments, we think, if I could just... is your cause. David's purpose was to lead God's people. So what is yours? What is it that deep down God is calling you to give your life to? Some say that finding a personal cause is our mission of life. Love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. But I think that that's incomplete. Because as followers of Christ, we have a greater cause. And that is inviting people into the cause that is Christ. See, life in Christ is like a deep well. But it's a well that is hidden from some. And the only way that they can find it is if we tell them where it is. If we come to this well consistently alone, we will still experience loneliness. Because we've got to experience Christ's well together. So whatever it is that God is leading you to do, that non-negotiable of your soul it must be in tandem with the cause of Christ. It's kind of funny, when I was writing this and in my search for a simple description of the cause of Christ, I did what most of us do, we need to find some information, and I googled cause of Christ. And I found something unexpected that should not have been unexpected. I... I found a, a song from 2017 
And it's a worship song that I've heard most of the songs on this album. And it's called, Guess, The Cause of Christ. The first verse. It's on the screen. The only thing I want in life is to be known for loving Christ. To build his church, to love his bride, and make his name known far and wide. This, this is our cause. Viktor Frankl says that the two ways that we can discover meaning is by creating a work or doing a deed and through experiencing something or encountering someone. The cause of Christ does all of these things. The cause of Christ leads us to one another. It binds us together. And it connects us to God. And in the kingdom of God, there will still be loneliness. Yeah? There is still loneliness. But we must recognize this loneliness and rather than retreat into ourselves, run into the community of Christ. So what do we do when we are lonely? We surround ourselves with friends and we must give ourselves to the cause. However, maybe you're not lonely and that is amazing. What do we do then when we see others who are lonely, when we aren't experiencing this for ourselves? We must surround them with our friendship and invite them to come with us to the well that is relationship with Christ. Band, you guys can come up. I think if we've seen anything throughout this COVID season, we have learned that the cure to loneliness is not shared experience. Because all over the globe right now, there are a lot of lonely people. And they are supremely aware that all over the earth, there are other people who feel just like them. but it still hasn't cured a lonely heart. But I believe that with God's help, we can not only move from our own loneliness, but to also help others to leave behind their loneliness too. And I also believe that those are the friends and that is the cause that is worth giving our lives to. Is anyone feeling alone?
So what do we do? What do we do? If you're not feeling alone, and you know someone who is, you find them. And you chase them. And you invite them into deep, life-giving relationship. And you remind them of the cause that is Christ. And if they don't know Christ yet, you found your mission. You have found your cause. And for this season, it is them. Because that's what we do. That's what we have to do. Let's pray.